Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm going to paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So you're getting home. Your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything. And your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts. This happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy video lock. Fingerprint tap i'm inside and honestly i also feel way safer it's got this awesome built-in camera so whether it's a package delivery or late night uber order i see exactly who's there right from my phone there are no more mystery knocks and the best part this thing was such a breeze to set up there's no wires there's no drilling uh, there's also no monthly subscription fees so if you are done fumbling with your keys because i definitely am search for eufy video lock or head over to eufyofficial.com slash video lock your front door, your sanity. The only podcast you need for your business. Let's do this. Welcome to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Join me as we explore and demystify the latest trends, technologies, and strategies used to achieve massive growth and 10x businesses. I'll be sitting down with sales, marketing, and business leaders to dissect what's worked for them, dispel myths, and deliver actionable insights that you can use to ensure repeatable, sustainable, and predictable revenue in your business. Welcome to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and today I'm super excited to be sitting down with Andrea Vanacker, founder and CEO of Sparks5. Uh, Andrea is a serial entrepreneur currently involved in Sparks5, and Sparks5 is a technology company that allows uh, executive CEOs to transform the future of their company, their culture, transform the future of work. They create high vitality, high performance cultures with innovative uh, well-being applications um, for companies, obviously as a preventative measure to help uh, mitigate any sort of mental health concerns with employees in the workplace. What their application actually does is it reduces stress, enhances productivity and engagement while enabling employees to thrive personally and professionally. So she's doing great work now at Sparks 5. Now, just to go over her background, uh, she's a member of the Forbes Council. She's a keynote speaker at Tech Canada. Uh, she's done a TED Talk before. She's a member of the board of directors of the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts. Uh, she is uh, an ex-executive for various international companies where she's led teams globally, including Vortex, Bombardier. Uh, IATA. Uh, she also serves as a co-president and executive committee member for the Angel Circle, uh, obviously helping uh, young emerging startups, as well as a board member of Charlie's Foundation, uh, helping, uh, it's a nonprofit organization. So helping, uh, helping individuals uh, through education, uh, motivating, challenging, and inspiring people that aren't, uh, aren't as fortunate uh, to obviously help them get to incredible success in their own career. So she's done a lot of great work um, she has a very impressive background, uh, both through her, her obviously her numerous accolades, um, as well as uh, her work she's doing now at Sparks 5. Um, she is, uh, we're going to talk about this, but she is a PhD in economics, um, which is very impressive considering the fact that uh, what she's learned and what she's implemented extremely successfully is more in a psychology field. Uh, and that's what she's doing now through understanding human motivator. So we'll let, uh, we'll let Andrea speak about that. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. It was uh, really great. And Andrea is a very impressive individual. Um, so sit back, relax, tune in and enjoy this episode of the sales versus marketing podcast. 
All right. So um, thank you again for listening to the Sales versus Marketing podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and uh, today I am super excited. We are sitting down with Andrea uh, Vinacker from Spark5. She's the founder and CEO. Um, so Andrea, give us a little bit of a rundown about what Spark5 does, and, um, and then we can talk about your background, and, uh, and, and we'll go from there. Yes, thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. The um, the reason behind Sparks 5 is uh, really because we wanted to tackle the, the mental health issues that we're seeing emerge in organizations. So we've developed an application that enhances mental wellness for employees and helps them uh, deal with various life stressors. So so mental health in large organizations, and it's a technology platform. And how did that how did how did that uh, technology come about? What's like the background of, of the company? Yes, the um, the company actually we've been in business for for several years, and we used to be a strategy consulting organization working primarily CEOs and their executive teams, and we kept seeing consistently in many mandates that we had the uh, increase in stress and mental health issues that were emerging, and consequently we decided to create a, a shift that led us to actually create this application that is now available uh, that, as I said, really is about helping individuals um, deal with all the challenges that may emerge from your relationships to your, your basically your career, to your productivity, to how you basically manage specific health-related issues and how to even bring more fun uh, into your uh, world, ultimately. So we've developed this application to actually bring more smiles and reduce stress uh, that we were seeing on a consistent basis across organizations. And we are really about prevention. It's uh, uh, there's some certain solutions that exist in the market space that really are about uh, healing once you actually have a problem, uh, but we actually want you to avoid having any sort of mental health problems that may emerge. Yeah, so that makes that makes a ton of sense, and I think that um, that's a really good point that you just spoke about the the leading indicators of of mental health, not just uh, after the fact, like lagging indicators, um, because uh, as as we you know as we can probably deduce, uh, being effective at anything is about preve- like preventing as opposed to just putting a band aid over it. Um, so I totally get that, and mental health is obviously very uh, very topical right now, like. Everywhere you go, you're hearing people talk about mental health, mental health, um, obviously for good reason. I think a lot of people in um, in careers, in jobs, in the relationships, uh, they probably suffer to some extent and they may or may not even know it. Um, so I think that the more it's discussed, again, um, my background, I actually worked for, for Bell Canada uh, for a long time, which is they do their, their own whole uh, mental health uh, initiative. And I know a lot of companies are taking this on. So I think you're in a, a very good space, and I think I think the the work that you're doing is obviously very good. Um, how does how do you actually uh, use technology? Um, like walk us through some of like the actual, uh, I guess, uh, practical uh, uh, implications or, or or use cases for how uh, how Spark Five works with uh, with an organization. Say I'm a CEO and and you want to sell me the tech. What uh, what does it do? Yeah. So we, we typically start with a diagnosis to get a sense of the uh, the global health of the organization, 
um, from day one, because ultimately we also want to measure the evolution and the impact that we have had with our application. Uh, typically, we can be looking uh, at data that even relates to uh, what's the percentage of employees that are currently on antidepressants. Um, if we do look at that metric, it is a, a very strong indicator as to whether the overall health of the employees or mental health uh, is high or low. And from that starting point, basically, we have tools uh, built within the application to measure and improve mental wellness. Uh, some of the elements that we measure relate not only to overall well-being, uh, but also psychological safety, uh, sense of control, sense of meaning, um, a sense of balance, essentially, with, between the work and life. And we measure all these on a recurring basis, and uh, we also complement, of course, uh, um, our services with uh, a tool that helps individuals actually improve all facets of their lives through micro-wisdoms and micro-challenges that we spend on a daily basis from Monday to Friday. So Mondays, we talk about purpose. So we think it's very relevant that you begin your week to really say, okay, how do I really want to contribute to this team, to this organization, or to my community at, at large? Every Tuesday, we talk about career. So it's linked to your productivity. How can you really be as effective as possible in whatever you do and ensure that you're really leveraging your strengths? Every Wednesday, we talk about relationships. Uh, it, relationships are so essential to our well-being. I mean, Harvard did a study over 75 years, and that's a core conclusion that they, uh, they reached, that relationships are so essential to our mental and also physical well-being. And then we move on Thursdays, and we talk about uh, basically everything that has to do with the health, whether it's mental health, physical health, and continued growth. And finally, Friday, we finish off the week with some fun. It's really about how can we enhance your quality of life. So ultimately what we've done is that we've integrated wisdom that are delivered via, uh, via videos of 10 to 15 seconds that also give you a challenge. And the reason we've integrated the challenge, because everything we do is linked to neuroscience and psychology. And as you know, we could all be learning many different things from playing tennis to uh, learning about a new technique that we can apply in our job. The reality is that whatever we learn, if we're not applying it within the next 48 hours of learning it, we're going to be losing a large majority of that knowledge. And this is how we transform habits, by not only teaching individuals new things where they can take micro steps towards transformation, but helping them basically take on those steps by giving them a challenge for the day that will not take more than two, three, four minutes. And the other aspect that we brought in is a concept of gamification, whereby the more actions that employees take, whereby they're cautiously engaging and taking on those challenges, the more we contribute to three philanthropic causes. We plant trees, we give meals to local food banks, and we also uh, support education for underprivileged kids. And contrary to uh, establishing a dollar uh, sign behind those contributions, we actually quantify them. So when we work with specific clients, we're very transparent. We take 5% of every contract value, and we translate it a potential number of trees we can plant, potential number of meals, and hours of education uh, for kids. This is, and uh, this as is great. This is the groups are changing. Wow. Huh. Yeah, and, and ultimately, as, as, as our users... Uh, continue using the application on a daily basis, 
we then also share with them their progress and we say, well, this is the potential here. How many trees we could have planted? And ultimately, uh, if we only have 50% participation, they realize that uh, we've only planted 50% of the trees because we've entered the, that gamification component. So people actually are more conscious uh, relating to the steps that they take to not only transform themselves, but also transform the world. Okay, so there's a ton of of uh, I can I can already tell that a lot of this is rooted in human psychology and you're not only doubling down on reinforcing the points that you're teaching over to people to make sure that they stick you're you're using this these these psychological drivers to actually ensure that they even engage in the first place so this is very very cool stuff um, everything that you just described uh, I kind of I, I want to go into it more but first I want to understand your background because I don't think a lot of people building this application would understand all these psychological drivers to the extent that you do. So I'm sure that there's something either on your team or in your personal background that's obviously led you to be able to understand that these are drivers of human of human behavior, which obviously uh, will be the most successful driver at the end of the day. So let's let's speak about um, where where are you from? What's your background in? Uh, are you are you trained in in this kind of uh, I, I, like in, in psychology and, and motivational or, or intellectual drivers, or, or tell me a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Actually, uh, I have a business degree in finance and international business, oh. uh, and uh, went to Spain in France, uh, international finance, and I finished off with a PhD in economics. Okay. So my background is very, very different from an academic perspective. However, what I've always done in, in the last couple of years is that I've managed international teams, and I was always fascinated by the human psychology, and how do I get individuals to actually strive and to go to new levels that even go beyond what they believe they could achieve themselves. So over the years, I mean, I've had a long career within the corporate world. I've worked for international organizations, managed global teams, uh, had a lot of fun uh, uh, basically doing that, and I tested different concepts that I was learning about with my team to actually see if it was fueling basically performance or preventing it. And what was fascinating is that it was not just the psychology behind human beings, it was also the cultural dimension that came into play as well, because I had teams all over the world. Imagine dealing with individuals from Latin America to the Middle East to Asia, I mean, very, very different dynamics, and plus being a woman leader, as you can imagine, it brings in certain realities that, mm -hmm. that I had to overcome. So uh, over the years, uh, basically, I've, I've analyzed, tested different things, and I wrote actually my first book that was focused on human performance, and that first book was called Success Analogy. I even invented a word that I have a trademark for by combining success and personality. Because that's really what I was focused on. What are the 10 pillars that can allow an individual to truly perform at their best in anything that they do? And so all, imagine all the research that I had done behind that book. Then basically, I'm now in my third book that I just published. Which Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So the third book actually highlights all the research that we've done linked to neuroscience and psychology uh, that are tied to the Spark 5 application. Uh, but as I said, really my passion, although I'm not a psychologist or a neuroscientist, my passion has always been about people and this fascination about how can we push the human potential to new heights and new levels. And 
I'm constantly exploring things. Like, for example, we're going to be integrating in Q1 uh, new modules within our application that relate to how do we get into flow more easily. Um, so we're always, as I said, evolving and testing new things to make sure that we help people live happier and, and, and healthier lives, but that also allow them to get, have a, a greater sense of fulfillment. When you, when you figure out how to get into flow easier, let me know because I need to figure that out myself. <laughs> Absolutely. With pleasure. My With pleasure. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll basically, in Q1, as I said, we'll be set with a new program focused on, on flow. And actually, uh, there's research uh, by McKenzie and other sources where they, they said that if you're able to get into a state of flow more regularly, you can achieve in one hour what other people may take five hours to do. So I believe that. The man behind flow. <laughs> no, I, I, yes. I'm well aware, and I, I completely believe that stat because um, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, data points that I can pull from. But I, I'm just gauging my own productivity. Uh, I could definitely agree with that, uh, that data point from a very subjective point of view. Um, so that's that's very cool, and I think that. Um, if I don't mean to be so bold, I think that part of your success has been your passion for focusing on people, um, which has led to, you know, approaching people like a scientist, um, analyzing, researching in a good way, and then building out processes, which eventually led to the technology that you have now to optimize people. And by that massive focus and understanding and self-awareness that uh, people view you differently and then people view like different cultures differently um, depending on where they are in the world and tapping into that to drive them. I'm sure that's why, you know, if I've never, obviously I've never been on one of your teams, but if I was probably on your team, I would understand that you felt like you actually cared about me as an individual, as an employee, um, just because of that mindset. So I think that's probably why you've been so successful in management, global management roles. So um, congratulations, because I think that not enough people even do that part, let alone go and build a company focused on helping people. But, uh, you, you know, that's very good of you. Um, okay, so... So you okay? So let's let's unbundle just to summarize. Um, so you've you've sort of building set over your entire career. Your career is very impressive. Um, like I'm, if I even go on your LinkedIn, I'm on your LinkedIn now. You know, uh, you you've you've uh, you're a member of board of directors um, for an art institution. Uh, I think you've done um, a TED talk, which is uh, very cool as well. Um, obviously, all very fun stuff to put on a resume. So obviously, you know, um, you've built a, quite a reputation of yourself, which is congratulations, hats off to that. Um, and then obviously now with with Spark Five, you're doing incredible work. So let's let's um, go a little bit more into uh, I guess uh, lessons learned from obviously your career, but lessons learned from Spark Five when you're trying to sort of like a tactical takeaway for people that are listening. Um, when you're trying to build out an organization uh, that is focused on employees, is focused on productivity, uh, engagement, um, happiness, uh, fulfillment, what are some of the things that people should be doing better than they are today? And there's probably a long list, but let's sort of like like top things that are, are immediate uh, that can sort of change the culture and, and inner workings of an organization. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I think one of the first things we uh, we should stop looking at individuals as human resources, but rather embrace the fact that they're human beings. Um, 
and uh, and ultimately embrace the reality that they they come into work and they don't leave their life at the door of your organization. Uh, we we were at work, but we are challenged with different uh, life realities that may be on our mind. And uh, and we really need to embrace, as I said, that if we can tap into understanding the human nature of individuals more closely and show them that we care in new ways about them, I think that brings together a sense of togetherness that is much, much stronger than if you simply say, okay, well, you're in finance, here's your role, and I don't hear anything about your, your personal life. Or, I mean, that's absolutely not the way to go. And in fact, I was just reading an article uh, this morning, which was highlighting that it was an, an organization that uh, had put so much pressure on the employee's performance that they basically, uh, I mean, this is when you see uh, high rotation and people going to burnout and there's a very thin line, right? So it's all like we're stretching this elastic and human beings have a potential to really go far and beyond um, but at the end of the day, if you stretch too far that elastic, uh, uh, you're, you're going to have a lot of uh, mental health issues and, and, and stress that is created. One of the, um, the elements that I believe is really, really important when we're talking about flow is, is really how do we create environments where individuals, first of all, are leveraging their strengths? Because that's one of the first factors. If you're getting someone to actually do something that, uh, that is not in line with their um, with their core uh, strengths, they're going to struggle. Or the other challenge is actually to get into flow, there's a door whereby you're matching the challenge that you give to someone to the actual skill set that they have. If you give them a challenge that is too high in comparison to their skills, they're going to be in total frustration and anxiety. And it's the same thing that happens if you give them a challenge that is too low in comparison to the skill set of the individual, then they're going to get into boredom. And in both cases, you're going to have performance issues and you're going to tie it to the individual. But as I said, everything starts with how can you get that person in flow? How can I give that person a challenge that matches their, their, their competencies today? But as, as they engage in that specific activity, their knowledge and expertise is going to improve. So with time, you're going to have to continue increasing the challenge we give to individuals so they can continue flourishing, striving, and always remain in that state of flow, ultimately, where they perform their best. And that's an incredible, so that's incredibly insightful. Now, how does somebody do that? Because if, if I'm a manager and I've, I've hired somebody for a role, I understand it to the right person, they they, you know, they fit all the, they check all the boxes in terms of a traditional fit for this role. How do I find out um, exactly uh, what kind of challenges they can take on within, within the role that I've given them? I, I think it's a matter of really looking deeply and honestly at their current competency and skill set and, and aligning those skill sets and with their experience to a specific challenge that you may have within your organization. Mm -hmm. But also realizing that there's, a, a, there's an opportunity for continuous development and growth. And ideally based on research around flow is when we're able to push ourselves like the those athletes basically that are always going one step further and they're not going 25% further every single day. They're taking that 4% extra step to do things a little bit you know, better uh, every single day. And that's really what, what leads us to, uh, to, to move uh, beyond the our current capabilities on a on a continuous basis. And and what would um what would you be looking for as markers that somebody is outside of that, either being stretched too far or not being challenged enough? That would be a red flag that they're not in the right spot. 
the, some of the red flags, basically, as I said, they're, they're not meeting deadlines, they're not meeting the quality uh, expectations that you've set. Uh, and it's really a matter of uh, not jumping to conclusions too fast, uh, but rather sitting down and honestly assessing uh, as to how the person feels. And, and sometimes some people will say this is, you know, I'm in over my head. Uh, I can't handle this. So then you need to actually assess, is it a training issue? Um, uh, do I need to maybe give this person a bit more time to, 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 uh, to deliver on this expectation? Do you see what I mean? So as long as as leaders of organizations, we become more human and understanding uh, our employees and engaging in, in authentic dialogue that truly allow us to, to have a constructive conversation, then I think we can, uh, we can make more effective decisions together. And one of the elements actually, uh, when you have a lot of stress and everyone is really uh, scrambling to meet specific uh, results, what we see emerging at the leadership level is often um, uh, a very um, strong parenting style, let's just call it, that emerges, whereby I, there, there's, you know, in leadership we can look at parenting or, or partnership models that emerge. When you're in a parenting mode as, as a leader, you're basically more in a, in a role where you're giving direction. It's really about micromanagement. And it does not become inspiring for individuals. Uh, it's almost like you're also uh, disempowering them to find their own path to, to tackle this whatever challenge they may have uh, in front of them. But when you embrace rather the possibility of a partnership conversation where you're truly looking at the employee as being equal to you, rather than as a parent-child relationship, uh, it pushes the dialogue to a completely new level. And this is how our brains work as well. And, and I think if we really, as leaders, we become more conscious. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
alert, it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed 
survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. In every single dialogue that we engage uh, in with our team members, whenever we're faced with a problem, we need to look at it. Am I acting as a parent here or am I acting as, as truly a partner? And when you embrace that partnership um, leadership style where where you give people a chance to truly uh, find solutions, but you 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 look at the parameters and the deliverables uh, that, that really makes sense for everybody, then everyone can truly thrive. Do you find that... Um... That's that's really good, and I've I like the way you frame that um, the parent versus partnership because I think that, and this is sort of going to segue into the next question I have. I I don't think enough managers um, do that effectively. I think that it's still like a in a hierarchical organization. I think it's almost a default to be the parent to the child, and and it's not the default, unfortunately, to be the partner. Um, so let's let's. Let's talk about where organizations are now because everybody talks about culture and how important culture is. It's a very common theme. It's it, culture in the workplace, I would say, is almost as topical now if you're in, you know, professional development circles as as mental health is in terms of um, topics that are always coming up in, in these types of conversations. Like you always hear about culture. So how yeah. many you work with companies on obviously culture is sort of like a very high level. Um, and you, and what you do is sort of diving into the, into the key motivators and, and root causes of how to actually Im- impact culture. But, um, you work with companies in this aspect. So, or, or in regards to culture, how many companies do you feel are actually taking proactive steps to improve their culture? Or is this just an industry buzzword, um, that is, that is just spoken about, but not actually actioned on? I think you have some phenomenal organizations out there. You really have a spectrum of extremes, right? Uh, some companies are really putting a lot of energy and effort to build phenomenal cultures where employees are thriving. Uh, they're typically the ones that will get the, the interesting accolades from best places to work uh, uh, in Canada or wherever they may be. And, uh, and ultimately, uh, I, I think those are uh, strong indicators that companies are truly putting in the effort and energy to, to head in the right direction. Uh, we also have the other extremes where you have companies that have a huge absenteeism rate, uh, a huge difficulty attracting new talent or retaining individuals that are within their organizations. Um, and when you're talking about culture, culture is not just something you you define in a nice strategic plan. It's something that at the executive level and all levels across the management team has to be embraced through every single interaction. And I think sometimes we make things a bit more complex than we can. And we have maybe a list of, well, our culture is about this list of 10 values. But if I were to go in an organization and ask, you know, okay, who, who can tell me now the 10 values that you have <laughs> the reality is that people do not remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mentally, it's, it's it's challenging for us to uh, to really say, well, am I am I being creative? Am I being uh, uh, you know uh, yeah. team 
like it, it, it becomes overwhelming mentally and it's been proven actually. So uh, I, I think if we're able to, to maybe simplify uh, the, the concepts of uh, what do we truly want to achieve? What, what is the energy we want to see within these walls and, and uh, how do we get there and keep it more simple? I, I think we're, we're going to have an easier shift from some of those companies that are currently struggling to progressively get them to evolve towards the, the other spectrum where with every single step, they can actually create a, a culture that will be more appealing, more attractive uh, for employees. So like anything, right? Yeah. We live in a world of extremes, essentially. Of course. No, yeah, no. And I, I, what I wanted to pull out of that was that our company is actually moving the needle and it, and it sounds like some really, really are making an honest effort, um, which, is, which is positive. Um, and that kind of leads me to, again, the next question, which would be, if I'm, if I'm an executive or a CEO, I want to invoke change across my organization because, you know, I'm, I'm forward thinking, I understand that we do have culture, but nobody actually lives them. Um, how, would you, how would you suggest that I would start making change within my own organization? Uh, because I really do want to, I just have no idea how to do it effectively. Yes. My recommendation is actually to start with purpose. Uh, what you see across many organizations that they've defined their mission statement, um, what they're all about, and what, what they actually produce for the market. Uh, they've established their vision statement as to what is their aspirational state, where do they want to go, but rarely have they actually defined their purpose statement. Why do they do what they do? And to truly transform culture, I think we have to gain clarity on purpose first because everything starts there. And as organizations have deeper and more profound purposes, then we can connect with those deeper purposes at the individual levels. And what you'll realize is that companies that join a certain organizations often is because they're attracted to that purpose, to that big impact that that organization is having. And it goes beyond uh, basically uh, generating revenue. I mean, when we're talking about a lot of you know, companies that are on the stock market and there's a pressure to, to generate certain uh, uh, performance uh, levels and, and certain KPIs, the reality is that you have to go beyond beyond those metrics. You have to integrate a sense of purpose. Uh, and some companies uh, have taken very interesting steps. I mean, and you have great organizations out there from Patagonia uh, to Tom Shoes uh, that at the core of their being, they know what they're for. And everyone across the organization, irrespective of their roles, know how they are having a positive impact on this world through what they do collectively. Other organizations are more, as I said, extensively focused on just the financial performance. Uh, um, and, and I think that to, to truly improve culture, you have to start with the uh, purpose first. I think that's an incredible takeaway for people that are um, that are in leadership positions and have the ca the capability to either affect culture in their business unit to start. Uh, maybe they're not the CEO, or if they are CEO level, that's where they should start for their organization. Um, now let's flip that on its head uh, for employees. Because you're an employee, you're looking for an organization, um, and you want to make sure that they actually sort of uh, walk the walk and they don't just talk the talk, right? You want to make sure that they actually live up to the, the 10 things on their wall or whatever or in the, on their website. So what are some things to look for as an employee going in um, and you're interviewing and it's like a minefield out there? What would you, what would you recommend for people? Uh, what questions to ask so that you don't you know, end up with the wrong company? 
I, I, my uh, approach is, is often focused on hire for passion uh, and where you have a very strong alignment to that purpose or to your why. Uh, I, I feel those are the, really the individuals that bring the greatest value uh, within your organization. Um, often as well, if you really want to test for competencies or skill sets, uh, the, the, the typical questions that I ask are more centered around, give me an example where you have demonstrated, you know, X, Y, Z, you have demonstrated teamwork, or do you see what I mean? I think yeah. through examples that we can actually uh, see more clearly how people think, what they've gone through, and the experiences that uh, have enriched them. And I often uh, ask them to share stories and ask them, what is the, the lesson learned from this specific story for you? How has it helped you as an individual? And, and I think that's also very insightful to, uh, to this, this term as to whether, they said, people are in a growth mindset mm-hmm. and, and, and truly embrace that. Yes, we, we, we may have a lot of successes behind us, but we may also have some failures. But those failures do not necessarily define us. They rather enrich us uh, and help us actually look with fresh eyes and new challenges that we may have in front of us. It's very good. Um, and I think I think I like that you said, okay, so we're asking the open-ended questions about certain events, but then we're also understanding how it impacted the individual. So it's more than just walking through the steps of, you know, X, Y, Z happened. It's X, Y, Z happened. And this is how it actually impacted me. And this is what I learned from it. And this is where I ended up because of that. So I think that's a very good, uh, that's a very good strategy um, to really sort of get an inner understanding of individuals that you're interviewing or, or if the employee has to ask these questions about the organization. Um, both, both good points. Um, I want to, I want to, uh, go, we've gotten a lot of, of content about, um, really like your, your core, like what you do for companies. Uh, so I, I want to go a little bit more back into uh, where, you know, how you came to be where you are today and sort of lessons learned. But before I do that, um, I want to just sort of wrap up this session. Is there any other uh, strong data points uh, about uh, mental health, well-being, uh, employee engagement in the office or anything else that you wanted to mention at all about the work you do? I think when companies, we were talking about culture uh, earlier, um, culture is also about integrating well-being uh, as an essential pillar or, or you need to make sure that that's also at the core of your foundation. Um, and when you allow that to become one of your priorities, then you can truly create the conditions for individuals to thrive uh, and become more self-aware that, as I said, in, by embracing the humanity of individuals, uh, we can truly... Uh, uh, think differently and uh, and truly show that we care. I, I think it's an essential uh, it's an essential point um, for organizations to consider. But once again, I, I think a lot of companies are are bringing forward solutions that are maybe solving certain problems uh, and focusing on the prevention and really asking yourself what can we do differently to prevent uh, mental health uh, challenges emerging. And I think that opens. Uh, a ton of answers from uh, how we need to act as leaders to what is the environment we're creating um, from, uh, from literally from all dimensions and perspectives. So mm-hmm. having that preventive hat on, I think, is really, really essential for leaders and organizations. And, and what, what are the, what are the, um, 
the benefits to an organization when they do sort of grab the bull by the horns and have a preventative program in place? Uh, what are some of like those uh, those benefits, data points, maybe ROI, uh, dollar value? I don't know if you have anything uh, top of mind, but uh, yeah, of course, it's a pleasure. Actually, the World Health Organization said that for every dollar invested in mental uh, wellness and prevention programs, uh, you will actually have an ROI of four dollars. Uh, uh, in increased uh, productivity. Uh, there's a more recent study that came out by Deloitte uh, just recently that was focused more on Canadian organizations. And uh, they were mentioning that uh, uh, for every dollar invested, the ROI could be in excess of $2 after about three years. So uh, uh, I think it's a very, very uh, uh, strong element to actually decide that it, that's uh, mental wellness should become a priority rather than something that we'll do uh, later on when we have time for it. Uh, I don't think we can be in that mindset anymore. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so for people that are, are younger in their career, um, I want them to understand uh, how you got to, to where you were. So if I knew you in, in high school when you were like, you know, 14, 15 years old, what were you like then? Was it anything like what you, you are now or, or was it very different? Well, I uh, <laughs> maybe my 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 uh, you know my my path started uh, with uh, uh, with a very shy. I was very very shy, and and I would never actually imagine that I would be you know giving conferences to thousands of people. Uh, <laughs> so things have evolved, let's just say, a long way from there. Um, but I would say one thing that that was very marking for me was the fact that. Uh, uh, I lived through a very interesting experience when I was very young, when I was about 10 years old, uh, and we were living in uh, Romania at the time, that's where I was born, and my parents uh, decided to live uh, uh, the communist regime that we had there at the time, and everyone basically said, this is a mission impossible, you'll never be able to do it, and it was a year of torture, uh, in many senses of the word, uh, whereby we couldn't go to school anymore. No one wanted to talk to us because we were looked upon almost as traitors of the regime, as you can imagine. Uh, but that lesson uh, for me was really, really marking because my parents did manage to get us all out. And I have two other brothers. And we left the communist regime legally. Um, and what it taught me actually was uh, uh, that perseverance is key. And whenever someone says, uh, Andrea, this is mission impossible, I literally say, I'll prove you wrong, because this is really what my life has been about. Uh, every time I've gotten a no, I'm, I'm always uh, then saying, well, you, you know what, thank you for saying no. This is, <laughs> this is giving you an opportunity to rethink how I need to get to a yes uh, moving forward. And, uh, and I think... Uh, uh, perseverance uh, and in pursuing a path that really you're passionate about is, is essential uh, uh, because ultimately if you're not doing something that you truly truly love uh, uh, you're gonna end up uh, at the end of your life with many many regrets that's incredible and I you know I think that after going through that at such a young age I'm pretty sure that any other business challenges seem uh, trivial in nature <laughs> so um, that's great that's a great story um, very good uh, and I guess the, the last question I wanted to, to really ask was, um, where, do you, where do you go to sort of improve yourself? Do you have resources, uh, mentors? Do you read books, podcasts, audibles? Um, what's your go-to for, uh, for sort of self-improvement and growth? 
<laughs> everything you just mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> On yeah. a daily basis. <laughs> okay. So that's uh, good. Do you have favorites then? Do you have favorites? My favorite, I, I, um, I've been privileged to have some amazing mentors in my life that uh, have really uh, guided me in an optimal way. Uh, but at the end of the day, I truly believe that it's through experience that you really get to a certain level of evolution that uh, uh, is incredible. So you, you have to embrace that uh, in, in order to live a life that you truly cherish, uh, you know, you're going to have to jump in the water at one point and maybe take some wild and crazy decisions and, and you know, be open to taking a certain level of risk. Um, because if you really navigate within, I would say, your, your, your regular zone and you never step outside of your comfort zone, well, you're not going to be able to truly live a, a life that uh, you'll be proud of. So that's what I live. I'm, I'm a total risk taker every single day. Uh, and uh, even some of my mentors have said, Andrea, you know, you're <laughs> this is too wild. Uh, and I said, no, I said, well, for me, this is, you know, either we, we make the best out of life and, and we take certain calculated risks or, mm-hmm. or I live with regrets. And for me, it's everything I do is about living with no regrets. I think that's important. Um, and I, is that an attitude that you've always had? Just, or is that something, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, but the, other, the other reality also that I embrace every single day is really how can I have a more positive impact on this world? When we shifted basically from strategy to technology in my company, Sparks 5, that was a fundamental question that I was asking because I said I can continue working with CEOs, I can continue doing conferences, writing another book. But I kept asking myself, how can I have a more massive and more positive impact on this world? And this is where I decided to embrace technology. So I think no matter what we do in life, we can all ask ourselves, how can I use what I love to do? How can I use my strengths to truly have a positive impact on this world and make sure that every interaction is an opportunity for me to enlighten and possibly inspire people uh, that I think that's a life worth living. I think that I think that that has been um, a huge driver for your success as well. So yes, you, you know you are you are jumping off the cliff and learning how to fly on the way down um, for some of the tasks and and you know initiatives you've taken on. But to the same token, you've always done it with purpose and you've always had your core values and your again purpose, right? Like that's what drives you. So you've had your own. Uh, you've used that to guide you in almost every aspect of your life, and that's led you to be successful just because you know what. So when it gets tough, it's no longer that tough because you know why you're doing it. I think that's a, a huge takeaway as well because I think that um, everyone, everyone at one point in their career or their life will have a million-dollar idea. It's just whether or not you're willing to go through the hardships to see it to fruition, right? Um, so that's really, that's really where you've seen success because you have gotten through all the tough points because you know like, what's, uh, what's supporting that vision. Indeed. Yeah, that's uh, so. That's all I really. That's all I really have. Um, that was an incredible session, and I really, really like the work you're doing. And uh, and obviously, you know, from speaking, like the insights are incredible. So, so first of all, thank you very much for that. That was really good. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Now, a pleasure. If somebody wants to reach out to you, how how should they connect with you? So they can go on our website, the uh, Spark Five. So Spark x5.com mm-hmm. uh, they can also reach out to uh, to me Andrea with double e a n d r e e a at sparks5 
Uh, this is Andrea written the Romanian way. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. And that, that's the best way. Okay, perfect. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye now. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Welcome to Scott's Thoughts, where we break down some of the most important points in the sales versus marketing podcast that you just heard. We just spoke to Andrea Vanacker, uh, founder CEO of Sparks5. Um, she's focused on uh, improving employee mental health and well-being in the workplace. Uh, so a lot of really, really great points and takeaways. Um, I don't even know where to begin because there are so many data points and, and knowledge and insights that she dropped. But what I would really like to sort of focus on the sort of agnostic of industry is how do we create uh, an, an environment where individuals leverage their strengths? And she spoke about a sliding scale where individuals can either be uh, not challenged enough which leads them to being bored in the workplace or challenged too much. And the tasks that they're assigned are not in line with their skill sets or their core competencies. And both of those create disengaged, uh, obviously unhealthy, um, mentally, uh, mentally stressed employees in the workplace. Um, so it's really important as a leader, as a manager, to focus on aligning the tasks that an employee is responsible for with their skill set. And you want to give them uh, tasks that are just slightly beyond uh, their reach. So you give them tasks that are slightly pushing them to be better, to perform better, uh, micro micro improvements in or micro uh, micro. Um, uh, additions to their to their workload or to their um, to to their uh, to the tasks that they take on in their in their day to day, and what that will do is it will allow for improvement without all of the negative repercussions of stretching too far. Uh, so just aligning those challenges um, and tasks within a role to the skill set of the employee is incredibly important. And the second point that she spoke about was understanding how purpose drives most everything in an organization. If they want to align their employees with the organization's goals, if they want to set up a successful and healthy culture, um, the first thing she has to do is focus on purpose. So why are you doing what you're doing? Whether or not it's in your business unit or it could be your organization if you are, uh, if you are an executive who's charged with building out the culture of the organization, CEO or other um, you want to focus on driving purpose and helping employees align with that purpose. And if your employees aren't aligned with that purpose, uh, that's when you'll notice that there's gaps in your culture uh, and the, the, there, are, there is a lack of goal congruence across uh, your organization. And lastly, the point um, which is so, so important for anyone who is focused on a positive culture, which uh, more and more companies are, as she spoke about, and which is something that obviously, uh, if you aren't focused on, you should be, uh, or you're going to find that your employees are leaving or you're having a very hard time attracting new talent is to embrace the reality that people are humans. And when you embrace that reality and you embrace the reality that people cannot leave their personal lives at the door when they walk into the office uh, or when they clock in or when they go on to Slack in the morning, whatever uh, your reality is, that's when you will become a better manager, a better leader, uh, a better employer. So embrace that reality understand that people are human. They're trying to do their best. Nobody wakes up in the morning trying to fail and adopt everything that you do for, with, um, and as part of your, as part of your organizational uh, success through that lens. And when you do that, when you humanize people, um, you will be a more successful manager. And one way that she uh, mentioned that you can do that uh, quite effectively is instead of thinking of your employees 
as a parent-child relationship where you're the manager, you're the parent, and your employee is a child, uh, you instead think you look and speak and engage with your employees as a partner or a peer, regardless of where they are in the organizational uh, structure. And when you do that, um, the whole relationship becomes healthier and all the interactions are, are a little bit more aligned with understanding how people are humans and they're not just resources. Um, so that was another sales versus marketing podcast. Incredible points. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. If you haven't already, uh, hit like, hit subscribe, uh, leave a rating. Any ratings cool as long as it's a five-star rating. Uh, anyone who you think could enjoy this podcast or learn from Andrea, uh, please share with them. So that's colleagues, peers, friends, family, bosses, anybody. Um, if you uh, if you want to tune in and subscribe, this podcast is available wherever you can download podcasts. So iTunes, iHeart. Uh, Spotify, and any of the other Stitcher, uh, any of the other podcast environments. And then you can also watch it on YouTube as well if you'd like to watch the podcast. Um, So that's been another Sales versus Marketing. I hope you enjoyed. I'm your host, Scott. I hope you all have a very productive week and we will speak again soon. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. Brought to you by ROI Overload. Delivering strategy, technology, and insights to both sales and marketing leaders and teams globally. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers, they filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935 and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed 
survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 